So hey folks, welcome back to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast, the Making Quarantine Juicy series. You know, this intention for this series is to bring a source of hope, love, insight, and laughter for people in these uncertain times. So here's Crazy Juicy Love, Making Quarantine Juicy. Hey guys, welcome back to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I'm so excited. I have Brian Gorman, a transformational coach. Uh, he's here to provide us with some more tools for us during this quarantine. So thank you, Brian, for being here. It's really good to be here, Jimmy. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, you're welcome. So Brian, tell us, what is well, what is a transformational coach and what do you do? Who do you serve? Uh, tell us more about you. Okay, so I'm actually going to go back <laughs> 50 plus years ago, but I'll make it a quick transition to the present. Um, I actually, I grew up in the 1950s and 60s, which was the time of, um, it was really the age of the civil rights movement. And uh, so I saw a lot of change happening around me. Uh, went to Syracuse University in 1967. And my first year there, I did youth work on the Onondaga Indian Reservation south of the uh, city of Syracuse. Mm -hmm. That's important because the city met, or I'm sorry, the university mascot at the time was uh, a Native American um, portrayed in caricature as the savage beast and portrayed in real life at sporting events by fraternity brothers, uh, Caucasian fraternity brothers, dressed up like a stereotypical Native American, running around like, quote, a drunken Indian, waving a tomahawk and so forth. And so I tried to get the university to change the mascot. Um, it, it was very clear to me from the, the, the kids I was working with that this was just totally inappropriate and worse. Um, I failed. It actually took the Onondaga Nation another 10 years, but in that effort, I discovered in me this drive for change. And ever since, uh, one way or another, I've been engaging change at the social, organizational, and personal levels. Um, and at some point along the way, I discovered that there's a uh, career path called change management and that there's a science underneath this and and part of that science is what brings me here today because what i've discovered is that globally as human beings there are a set of patterns to how we respond to disruptions in our lives and that's what change is. It's a, it's a disruption. And um, our individual responses may be different, but the patterns underneath them are universal. Um, so I, as a transformation coach, work with people who are going through or are planning on making what I refer to as transformational changes, those changes that can't be reversed. So, um, for example, if you grew up in the Midwest and then moved into New York City, you can leave New York City, but part of that New York City experience will always be with you. Right. Um, if you're single, 
and then go into a relationship, you may leave that relationship and be single again, but it will never be the same experience of being single. Um, so that's, that's who I am. That's what I do. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, um, your journey into your transformation of being a transformational coach. So, you know, so how are you doing in this whole sea of pandemic? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. Um, one of the advantages I have is understanding how to move through change. It yeah. doesn't make change easy in this situation. Um, but it makes it easier for me than, than it is for many people who, you know, not only is this a, a first time experience for all of us, but um, for many people, it's unlike any experience they've ever had. Right. And, and <clears throat> probably because of some of the cases of like for you, um, being a transformational coach, you're always working with, with, with a coach. You're always working with change. So you're, it's like a, a habit. You know, when you do a lot of um, personal growth and development, you're constantly, if you're into it or, you know, make it a habit, it's, it's literally you're used to changing and shifting all the time, you know, and you use a tool to adjust with what's happening around you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, let's get into like the tools that you provide because you have a unique voice. Um, so, you know, uh, let's talk about tip number one. It says centered breathing to gain access to all three brains. That's, what is the, the all three brains and like how does breathing uh, have us access those three brains? Okay. So one of the things that I've studied along the way, Jimmy, is the neuroscience of change, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the most fascinating things that I've learned from neuroscience is that we actually have three fully functioning brains. Um, and, and this is important, and it's important for us to be able to access them. So let me describe the brains and then uh, guide people in how they can access all three of them. Um, the brain we all think of is the one up in our head, and that's the cephalic brain. Um, in the, the front part of our head is the prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. From an evolutionary perspective, this is the newest, if you will, part of the brain. Um, it's also the part of the brain that develops last in a fetus. Uh, and I'll come back in a minute to why that's important. The prefrontal cortex is where our creativity resides, where our problem solving resides, um, where our reasoned thinking resides, where our empathy for others resides. Um, the prefrontal cortex is triggered in a tenth of a second. At the back lower part of our brain is what is often referred to as the reptilian brain. Mm -hmm. It's the home of the amygdala. The amygdala is where fight, flight, freeze, appease lives. And it's triggered in seven hundredths of a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, the three hundredths of a second difference, once the amygdala is triggered, the electrochemical activity in the brain actually prevents us from accessing the prefrontal cortex. 
Mm. You know, so when you're operating out of fear, you're not being rational. You're not being creative. You're mm. not thinking through a problem. You're acting to, de- to protect yourself, to defend. Right. Um, so we want to be able to access the prefrontal cortex as much as possible. Now, a minute ago, I mentioned that it's um, the, the last part of the brain to develop in... Um, the fetus. And in the fetus. The reason that's important is that more recent research is saying that it doesn't even fully integrate into the brain until late teens or even into the 20s, hmm. which is why teenagers do stupid, crazy things. No. <laughs> because they don't have full access to that portion of their brain yet. So the second brain is located in the heart. It's called the cardiac brain. Just like the brain in our head, it has motor neurons, it has sensory neurons, it collects data, stores data, retrieves data, uh, analyzes data. Um, it has the same kind of electrical, electrochemical activity as the brain in our head. Hmm. The, the cardiac brain is really best used for, um, it, it serves passion, compassion, and values. The third brain is the enteric or gut brain. Um, The number of neurons in the enteric brain is about the same as in a cat's brain. Um, And it actually stretches from our esophagus to the other end of the digestive tract. Um, The uh, enteric brain is the seat of courage, of self-protection, and who you are at your core. So if you think back to, you know, things that you've heard elders say and, and things that you might have heard in, in religious traditions or spiritual yeah. traditions, um, they all talk about, you know, heart. They all talk about gut, courage. Um, those aren't just sort of mythological things, if you will. There's, there's real science behind it. But particularly in times of disruption like this, times of change, we need to listen to all three. Mm. We need to listen, listen to our passion. We need to connect with our values. We need to be in touch with who we are in our core. And we need courage to get through all of this. And so tip number one, listen to all three brains. Tip number two, if you want want tip number two. Right. No, I was just like, I was curious of like, how are you, how are you using those things? Like the breathing techniques, like an example of how are you or someone is tapping into that? um, Like, like then and, and, and now. Okay. So tip number two really is how, how do you connect to all three? Um, and that's a breathing exercise. It's a breathing exercise. I do. I did it before I came on the air with you, um, to help, you know, calm any jitters or nerves or whatever. (laughs) Um, it's, it's a tip. It's, it's an exercise I do before every coaching session. And it's an exercise I take my clients through. Um, so I'd invite you and I'd invite our listeners to, Close their eyes and ground their feet. Um, And 
the um, we, we have two nervous systems, and I'm going to talk this through as people just sort of settle in. The sympathetic nervous system is sympathetic to our amygdala. It's the nervous system that gets triggered when there's fear or a threat. When we breathe in, we're actually activating the sympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system offsets that. Um, it calms us back down. And when we breathe out, we're activating the parasympathetic nervous system. So in this breathing exercise, I actually, I begin at the heart, um, holding my hands over the heart, the seat of passion, compassion, and values, and breathe in and out to an even six count, six breaths in, six breaths out. And I'm gonna move us through this more swiftly than I typically would, but when I'm doing this exercise, I can actually um, feel it's, it's like as if you're meditating or you know, you're lying in bed and hitting that zone where you feel your whole body sort of shift into a, a different state. Um, so now I'll move my hands up over my prefrontal cortex in front of my forehead. And wherever my hands are, that's where I focus my breath. Because I want to be able to access my creativity, my problem solving, my reason thinking, and my empathy now. And when I'm ready, I'll move my hands back to my heart again, do more breathing there, and then down to the gut, down to the seat of courage, self-protection, also who I am at the core. And finally, back up, and I end at my heart one more time, connecting with my passion, my compassion, my values. So that's tip number two. Wow, I love that. Very, it's like this sort of like bridge between all of them. Absolutely. Okay, so tip number three. Okay. Re-anchor your family amidst ed uncertainty. Okay, so um, if you think of a boat in a harbor, it's anchored. It's got mm -hmm. this big, heavy thing that's down on the, the, the bed of the harbor, the bed of the, um, the river, whatever. Um, anchors provide that boat with a sense of stability, security. It's not going to drift away. Um, it, it has some freedom to flow with the current and turn with, with the tides and rise and fall. But it's holds the boat in place, gives it a sense of stability, and it's out of sight. As people, we also have our form of anchors. Mm. They're below the surface most of the time. We don't pay attention to them. Um, but I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I, I live in Hoboken, New Jersey, which is right across the Hudson River from Manhattan. 
um, w- our average elevation is seven feet above sea level. When Superstorm Sandy came in, my, my street, I looked out my window the next morning and my street looked like the Grand Canal. It's, oh, it's wow. Grand Street. It's Grand Street. But we had probably three or four feet of water um, flooding this area, a parking lot for a senior residence a block away. Um, the water almost came up to the roofs of some of the cars. <gasps> wow. Um, so much like now in the pandemic, it felt like my world was upside down. Everything was gone. Um, we had no heat. We had no electricity. Um, we had no phone service. We had no cell service. Um, we couldn't go outside uh, for two and a half days. But when I began to think about it, I had my son Hmm. with me. My son is an anchor in my life. He's one of the reasons for my being um, is, is to care for and protect and, and, um, help grow and, and enjoy the company of. So he's an anchor in my life. I had my apartment. Yeah, we didn't have heat, but I had four walls and, and, and a roof over my head. And we had lots of food to eat. We had you know, stocked up for what might, might come. So we all have anchors in our lives. And, and events like this or any big change means we need to readjust our relationship to those anchors in ways. Um, so... It's important, and I'll give you one more example of a client um, and then talk about how to do this. It's important during these times that we lift up our anchors, we look at them, and we make some changes. Um, I do a lot of, right now, I'm I'm doing anchoring workshops and and, um, adjusting your anchors workshops online. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I had a gentleman on who told this story. He said, when he first had to start working from home, he was totally lost. He'd go into his home office in the morning and he'd just do nothing. He'd pick up papers, he'd put them down, he'd uh, go online and, and, and look for files and forget what he was looking He was totally lost. And then one day he wasn't thinking and he got up and he put his suit on, just like he had been doing for 25 years. And he went into his home office and he felt like he had, was back in control. Mm. Wow. So the best part of the story is he added a little twist. He said, so at the end of the day, just like I have done for many years now, before I left my home office, to go back to the bedroom and put on my casual clothes, I texted my wife to tell her I was coming home. Uh. <laughs> so as a family, whether it's you know a relationship of two or whether it's two with many children, uh, you all have anchors and you share some of them and you have unique anchors that are your own. You know, the texting his wife was an anchor for both of them. Putting the suit on in the morning was an anchor for him. 
So as a family, I, I invite you to consider reassessing your own anchors. And the best way to do this is actually with sticky notes. And if you have sticky notes that are different colors for different members of the family or uh, different colors of, of, of pen, ink, or marker, or whatever, Sharpies, um, so that you can tell whose note is whose, that's even better. But you can do this on a whiteboard. You can do it on, on butcher paper. You can use magic markers on windows, however you want to do this. Um, begin by having each people, each person write down, um, and if you're using sticky notes, uh, one per note, one per, per sticky note. Um, what are your anchors? And on the same note, write, how has that anchor been affected by the pandemic, by being locked down, if you will? So going to school might be an anchor for, for a child. Um, and it's been highly disrupted. It's been, you know, I, I can't go out of the house. Um, but have everybody write their anchors down. And then when that's done, start to group them together. So um, everyone might put down that meals are anchors. Put all of those sticky notes together. Um, if the anchor is only mine, I'll have to work out, you know, can I reconnect to it in, in a different way, for example? Um, or do I reclaim it like putting my suit back on? But where two or more people are sharing the same anchor, now you can have a conversation about how do you readjust to that anchor as a as uh, a couple or as a mother and daughter or father and son or whatever. Um, so it's a great way to um, raise issues, if you will, that are in that undercurrent of family mm -hmm. right now um, and work them through to reestablish a sense of control, a sense of security, a sense of stability. And Jimmy, one of the fascinating things whenever I do this exercise with a client, um, whenever I do it in workshops, is people realize that as disrupted as they have been, just like my son and I were in Superstorm Sandy, a lot of their anchors are still in place. And paying attention to that, that helps ease, again, the disruption. I want to just take one second to tie this back to the first two exercises because some of our anchors are in our heads. Some of them are in our hearts, our passions, our values, um, our compassion for others, our anchors for people. Who you are at your core in your gut is an anchor for people. And that's why the first two of these exercises or, or, or tips are so important as well. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. That was really great. Um, I'm just curious of like, so an anchor is basically like the soup for men to be grounded back, to, to help him reconnect back or calm him down almost um, to calm that 
reptilian brain in order for you to access the prefrontal cortex so that you can, I guess, be focused again. Yeah. How do you, so how does, how does one discover the anchors in their heart? Because this is such a new term for probably a lot of people, even for myself. So how do I discover or anyone discover like anchors within? So again, you, you need to begin with that centering breath. Okay. That, that, that calming down of, of concern. Um, in terms of the heart, one of the questions I always ask my clients is what makes your heart sing? Mm, okay. You know, what is it that you do? And when you're doing this, the rest of the world goes away. You know, you're, you're not paying attention to time. You're not paying attention to, you know, Oh my God, six hours have passed. I haven't eaten lunch and it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, what makes your heart sing? And how do you reconnect to that what are your values what are your values um what who and so here are are the categories i use as as uh anchoring inventory categories when i'm working with clients who are the people in your life that give you a sense of stability and security What are the things in your life that give you a sense of stability and security? What are the traditions in your life that give you a sense of stability and security? Maybe might be uh, family celebrating family holidays. It might be uh, the way in which you and whomever lives with you. go through the preparation and eating of meals and and cleanup, whatever those traditions are. So people, things, traditions. Um, Who are you? uh, What what are the ways of doing things in your life? Um, So that's sort of what's in your muscle memory. Uh, Wearing a suit to work was in this guy's muscle memory. Mm. That was an anchor for him. Um, and then what are your ways of being that are anchors for you? Um, and, and that's really in the neural networks of your head, heart, and gut. So, you know, if, if you're a person who goes into the grocery store and smiles at the cashier, um, well, now you're going into the grocery store and the cashier can't see you smile. But you still smile mm. because that energy is part of your way of being. Yeah. So the people, the places, the, uh, or I'm sorry, the people, the things, the, the traditions, the ways of being, the ways of doing, and the final one is what are the spiritual or religious practices that give you a sense of stability and security? So whether that's praying, going to church, meditating, doing yoga, um, you know, my son, I, I have a morning practice of meditation and prayer and, and, and uh, my son's equivalent of that is working out. Mm-hmm. That's how he finds his sense of calm and stability. So those are the basic questions. Those are the basic categories that help you find your anchors. 
Yeah, really thank you for that. Cause I'm sure that as people are listening to that, they can like immediately connect right away right now in order to access those things. So really I appreciate you, you know, presenting those questions. So we're gonna wrap up here. I just wanna thank you again for being here. And so I'm gonna ask you a question that I ask everyone that's been on the show so far. So um, what are you learning about yourself, um, life or love during this current time? Um, I, I guess the first thing is that um, as, and I've worked on Zoom and I've, um, you know, I coach clients literally around the world. I've got a client in Australia, clients in Canada, um, Europe. Um, so I've been Zooming for a long time. <laughs> but I'm human and, and I miss human interaction yeah. in person. So that's, that's something that I, I really value that I have had to forgo for now. Um, I'm also learning how important it is for me to be doing things like this, uh, for me to be doing um, anchor, anchor, adjusting anchor webinar workshops um, for people, for families. I'm actually um, starting next week or two weeks from now. Uh, I am training the human uh, resources, they call themselves people, operations people, um, in, in an international uh, nonprofit on how to facilitate this work inside of their organization. And then I'll be doing an initial workshop with their leadership and, and with all of the employees. And then they'll be doing an anchors uh, program around the organization. So I'm, I'm learning how important it is for me um, to be of service in this way um, at, at this time. Awesome, well, thank you, thank you so much. And I really appreciate it, uh, Brian. Um, and lastly, where can people find you online? So the easiest place to find me is um, actually my website. It's transforminglives.coach, um, transforminglives.coach. And uh, they'll, I've, I've got well over 120 blog posts on there about um, different parts of the change journey. Um, I've got um, recordings of some of the most important things that I've learned um, in this 50 plus years of, of doing change. And there's also a link if people want to schedule a complimentary 30-minute um, session with me. There's a link on the website oh. so that they can do that as well. Awesome. And is there access to your webinars too on your website? Um, there is. Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, it's once in again, the sidebar. Okay. In the sidebar of your, on the front page. Of your yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. great. Yeah. So thank you again, Brian. Um, and I really appreciate it. And, and I just really get a sense of like what you do is really just especially during this time, it's so important to like really anchor yourself back into the things that mean the most to you so we can all move along with the change that's happening. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you. Be well, and I will see you soon. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. And if you really like this podcast, please share it. Twitter, Instagram, or on your webpage. Thank you. Crazy Juicy Love.